Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Mia Sampson, Marketing and Social Media Manager and Financial Advisor at Gerber Kawasaki Wealth and Investment Management. How you doing today, Mia? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you, Andrew, for having me on the podcast. Super excited to be here. My pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us on Business Ninjas, and congratulations for having the longest title of anyone I've ever had <laughs> on the show. Thank you. I think that was my goal. <laughs> so please tell us a little bit about yourself and about the many hats you wear at Gerber Kawasaki and about Gerber Kawasaki itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess... I'll start with myself. I grew up in Marin County, California, with my two parents who are both firefighters up in San Francisco. So, you know, very hardworking, um, public service. And, you know, as I was growing up and trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the future, I knew that I wanted to do something that had an impact on people because I always saw how much my parents loved their job, loved what they're doing because they're out there, you know, helping the community, firefighting. Um, the only difference was I didn't really want to go into run into burning buildings. Um, so I had to kind of think, you know, what are my skill sets here that could help the people around me? Um, I was really good at math and I was always very money conscious. I, from a very young age, just started saving, I'd say, any dollar that I got from the tooth fairy, from birthday cards, into a box. I've upgraded that to an investment account now. <laughs> but, you know, I was always very money conscious. So that stuck with me through my whole life. I, you know, went to LMU for undergrad, Loyola Marymount University uh, in LA, and studied economics and applied math. And kind of the natural path from there was really to go into finance. Okay. Um, I started, you know, looking for internships as any uh, graduating college students try to do as they're getting into the workforce. And I started actually working at this high net worth retiree investment firm. Okay. Um, now, they managed accounts that had a minimum of, I'd say, probably around three million and again, it was mainly retirees, which as a 20 year old, I had no business connecting to or understanding what was going on, really. Um, I learned a lot from that internship, and I'm very grateful that I had that experience because it really led me to Gerber Kawasaki. I knew that I wanted to be in front of people um, working with their financial plan, but maybe on a level that I could relate to more, you know, more young individuals starting out. I uh, I had some friends who had started to work at Gerber Kawasaki from Loyola Marymount University. So I reached out to them, began to learn more and more about the company, began to see it more and more around. I think they had billboards up at the time, like right in the path of uh, where I would drive on Lincoln Boulevard. We don't have the billboards anymore, but um, but I started to see them more and more. And then I was just like, hey, do you do you guys need someone to, you know, intern? And I actually started interning with our CEO, Ross Gerber. And while he's a financial advisor, our CEO started the firm, all of that. He also has a background in marketing. So I was just working hand, you know, hand in hand with him on investment research, on marketing matters. And that's kind of how I got into doing this whole long title is, um, 
you know, I really took everything that I learned from him. I guess they couldn't really get rid of me or I couldn't get rid of them. However you want to phrase it. I started working here after college full time and started doing marketing, then got my licenses. And now I uh, manage the marketing department and am a financial advisor. You mean you, mean you became invaluable. That's a, a, a kinder, gentler way of saying it. I guess you, that's you a better way of it. saying yeah. it. So, wow, that, that's a mouthful. So you are still hands-on in both ends of the spectrum. You're both advising financially, you're getting people out of their shoeboxes, and you're dealing with marketing and social media. Fabulous. Exactly. And, and how long has Gerber Kawasaki been in business? What's the origin story there? Gerber Kawasaki has been around since 2010. So it was really created out of the financial crisis. Um, you know, we started to see that these big brokerage firms weren't acting super ethically and definitely didn't have their clients' best interests in mind. Um, so Ross Gerber and Danilo Kawasaki, our two founders, really got together and they're like, we need to shake up this industry. We need to create a new type of financial firm, a type of financial firm that, you know, gives access to people just starting out. So that's why we we're built on having no minimums and we still have no minimums even though we've grown to managing roughly two billion in assets under management um a lot of shoe boxes a lot of shoe boxes yeah we actually have a storage closet in the back where we just stack them all um that's a joke and also none of this should be taken as financial advice i do want to preface that oh this is you know just for entertainment purposes um but they were like, we need to shake up this industry and do it right. So, you know, we are a fiduciary. We are uh, independent. So we don't offer products to our clients. We um, really have their best interest in, you know, in mind. With each of our clients, we meet with them individually and learn all about their lives. All, you know, we take a holistic approach to planning is what we like to say. Okay. Um we take into consideration, you know, their family needs, what their like financial goals tomorrow and, you know, 30 years in the future are. Um, and I really get to know them as people and uh, create customized plans for everybody that we meet with. Well, hey, uh, that's important. That's the kind of strategy that people are pivoting in the last couple of years. But for to have started that sort of trend almost 15 years ago, is pretty forward thinking. You know, now right. we, we throw around the terms transparency and ESG and all that kind of stuff because, hey, it's a very tenuous time in the investment world, right? With interest rates, right. they are, and, and um, you know, the, some of the crypto issues going on. So I, I applaud the foresight of your founders to, to start down that path that long ago. Definitely. I'd say a big thing is, you know, we found that you don't have to forego your social values either within your investment. So we've been very big on ESG and very big in climate change. And, um, but also I'd say values within each client's values. You know, we have clients of different religions that, you know, prefer not to invest in certain ways. So again, we can customize everyone's portfolio. Excellent. And, and what makes you guys stand out from your competition? I'd say, you know, we're pretty outspoken. We're on social media, I mean, maybe I'm bragging now because this is more moving into our marketing side, but you know, we are an outspoken firm. Like I said, social values don't need to compromise returns a lot of times. We like to be in front of the public and we like to educate. Um, we're big on educating 
you know, young, motivated individuals and a lot of people working in tech uh, who traditionally financial firms may not seek out and work with. Um, we've kind of been put in the middle of a, you know, big tech area being in L.A., being in Silicon Beach, as they say. Um, so it's kind of forced us to really learn the different types of, you know, equity comp that goes along with, uh, with clients specifically in tech, um, to stand out against, you know, other advisors who would be working in those areas. Uh, again, I think that we're a very diverse firm between the advisors that we have, the clients that we have, I think... I want to say we speak like nine languages here, oh. um, which is pretty cool because we want everyone to feel comfortable um, and communicate in, you know, their first language, ideally. Of course, we only, I mean, I guess we're only offering nine, so we can't, you know, satisfy everyone, but we do, we do try and match people up so that, you know, finances are tough to talk about and it's tough to, you know, relay your situation if you're not speaking in your first language or one that you know well um so i'd say that really makes us stand out we uh you know i'd say just working with young individuals people who are motivated and that's not only the group that we work with we work with um we kind of put it into three categories so we have a get invested program a wealth management program and a high net worth program because kind of everybody in these different categories has different needs. So our Get Invested program, which has been what I've been referencing a lot, is, you know, for young individuals um, who are motivated about getting ahead in life, but just don't have a lot of investable assets yet. So we work with these clients, make sure that they have the base accounts necessary to reach those financial goals in the future. And ultimately, we want those Get Invested first starting out clients to become wealth management clients. And that's kind of the category of have around 250000 of investable assets. This is mainly families, small businesses, um, or clients that have been with us for a while, I guess, and started out in the Get Invested program. Uh, you know, there's just a lot more dynamic planning that I'd say kind of goes on once you pass that threshold and even further so when you get into the million plus category, which is our high net worth firm. And um, that's why we brought on a great tax team. So, you know, we are financial advisors. We're not tax advisors, but we have tax advisors here. I could walk 20 feet down the hall and, you know, consult with them and make sure that every part of your plan is in sync, essentially. So you're not just full service. You're in it for a long relationship. You can take somebody literally from the shoebox to the other end of wealth. That's that's fabulous. Absolutely. That's that's our goal. And um you know, I'd say that a lot of our advisors here are on the younger side, and we like to say, you know, we'll be with you throughout your retirement. Excellent. Hey, financial literacy is a term that's thrown around, but it's super important. And if you're meeting, if you're leveling the playing field by speaking their language in a number of ways and literally, that's fabulous. Um, tell me, tell me about the last couple of years in COVID uh, challenges, mm -hmm. opportunities, how you guys have been able to grow the business in the last couple of years. Sure. I think a big part about our business and COVID is going to be mainly the marketing side. So, you know, before COVID, it was interesting. We mainly did these great big events all the time. 
that changed a lot. That was, you know, how we were getting in front of people. We were definitely utilizing social media and we've been early on social media since the beginning. We were one of the first to have a Facebook page back in, I think, 2012 was when our Facebook page was first created. Um, But and we had a whole thing of, you know, learning the different rules around social media, which is kind of why we're bold enough to keep doing it, because we've been, you know, watched since we started out, essentially. you, you live in a world of compliance and governance. You got to be careful when you're making funny little videos and things like that, right? Absolutely. And that's something that I warn people about, too. Just as a side note, um, you know, there's a lot of people talking about financial literacy and a lot more social media platforms out there, a lot more creators. If you're seeing people who are just giving blatant stock recommendations, it's probably unlikely that they are an advisor or work for a firm because I would get flagged so quickly by our compliance department if i tried to put anything out all of our content is you know reviewed and goes through a process we have compliance in the house because we do find it so important to be creating content and be in front of people so we had to bring that in house so that we're just constantly being monitored ourselves um but you know covid covid changed a lot because we were doing these big events and that's how we we're getting in front of people. We we're going to networking events. Uh, you know, people would bring their friends to our, our different events. And then that all got shut down. We first, you know, went through the webinar stage of having webinars all the time, but, and that did work for a while. You know, people are joining our zoom webinars, but after a while it was like, do I really want to jump on this webinar with my financial advisor again? So we had to get a little more creative and getting a little more creative just meant doing even more on social media than we were doing before. So we focused a lot on doing things like this, doing podcasts, um, doing our own YouTube shows. We like to go on, I'm doing a question and answer session this week on Thursday live. Um, We, you know, just start producing more and more content. We're on every social media platform. We're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter, uh, just across the board. So that's really where it changed. I think messaging towards clients, you know, we've never talked about ourselves as being day traders. We're not traders. We're financial planners and advisors. So when we're working with clients, like you said, we're working with them for the long term. We're working for them to get to that goal of, I want to buy a house in seven years, and I think I'm going to have kids in 10 and hopefully retire in 30. So we have kind of these longer term benchmarks that we're working with. Um, and COVID was scary at first because we saw a big market decline. And you know, of course, some clients freaked out, but it really wasn't to the extreme that I think one would expect because we have preached this education so much of, uh, you know, dollar cost averaging, staying in the market, market volatility helps you over time. Like you have a long-term plan. If someone was planning on buying a house in a year, you know, we didn't have them full on in the riskiest tech stocks and equities. So there wasn't that huge freak out. Mm -hmm. You know, there was maybe some slight delays to some, but Really, we just had to reiterate to clients that, you know, we're in it for the long term and we're planning and this is all a part of a plan. We've like accounted for these risks. Let's stick with it. Let's stay in the market. 
And then it was weird because then it was like this excitement of the market coming back up and then everyone wanted to be in the stock market. So it was adjusting to, you know, the content that we produce, I'd say, but the messaging always stayed the same. Well, this feeds right into my next question, which is what role has content played in the growth of Kerber Kawasaki Wealth and Investment Management? Oh, I mean, content's been huge since the beginning. I mean, it's given us a chance to be on a variety of different shows that I think that we wouldn't typically have access to um, because content became so essential in COVID because it was essentially the way that people were connecting to their friends and connecting to the outside world in general, you know, all eyeballs were on YouTube, all eyeballs were on TikTok, all eyeballs were on Twitter. Um, so making sure we were on there was just absolutely crucial. Otherwise, how are you getting in front of new people? Um, and then it just happened to be for our benefit that everyone became invest, uh, excited about the stock market for the first time. You know, it wasn't a very exciting job uh, beforehand. There at least were not as many people that I know um, you know, tweeting about stocks, asking me about it. No one before the pandemic was like, that sounds like such a cool job, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> but then everyone got into finance and then all of a sudden we had the most popular job in the world. Um, it's a good problem. It is a good problem, I'd say. But it, yeah, it gave that us that ability to just get in front of more eyeballs and, um, again, just preach what, preach what we're all about. And we continue to make content because we continue to want to educate people. Um, sometimes it's a question of what do people want to hear about? And again, a lot of times people just want to hear about what investments are going to make them rich quick, but that's not the type of content that we believe in or will be putting out. So no, financial security is not a short conversation. It's not a short play. And anybody who's who's trying to make a lot of money very quickly. I wish them all the best in the world, but that's not necessarily the place you guys are I living do and breathing. Yeah. No, hey, it, it's a tentative time financially. People have to be engaged and educated through your content because they, they got to know why they should be doing business with you. So I, I applaud your efforts wearing all those hats of yours. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Look at the crystal ball. Fast forward one year. What are some things you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally? Personally and professionally. Um, professionally, you know, like I said, we've been big on social media. And I think that a lot of people do know the Gerber Kawasaki name, especially if they're in the Tesla community, because we're very well known within the Tesla community. But I think that we still have a lot of room to grow. That's not even think. I know that we still have room to grow and we are helping, you know, tens of thousands of people right now who are our clients. But I know that there's thousands out there that still need financial advice. And I would like our content to be in front of those people. I'd like to be able to, you know, walk into a room, someone asks what you do and say, I work at Gerber Kawasaki. I do marketing for Gerber Kawasaki and I'm an advisor there. And them to be like, oh, I know Gerber Kawasaki. I see you all the time. I think that's where I want, you know, I want I want us to be known enough so that people recognize the name, but don't just recognize it as those are some advisors in LA. They recognize as those are the advisors that I learned about 
you know, I could be contributing to a Roth IRA from, or those are the advisors that taught me about compounding interest. You know, I, I want to be known as those advisors that are there to help that are approachable, um, and educating. Nicely done. Those are good goals. Yeah, I'd say so. Please, please tell everyone what your URL is, where they can find Gerber Kawasaki, and what social media outlets you're using these days. Absolutely. So our URL is Gerber Kawasaki. That's Gerber like the baby, Kawasaki like the motorcycle.com. <laughs> uh, we have a new website, so go ahead, check it out. Um, you can message us on there. We also are on every social media platform. So we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all under the handle Gerber Kawasaki. The only one that's not under that handle is our TikTok, which I have under my personal handle, which is Markets with Mia. Well, uh, you, you, you've carved out your little corner of the planet over there, digitally speaking. <laughs> a little bit, yes. I mean, when I first was starting, you know, a big group that I was talking to was definitely women on TikTok. And I, I am very happy that I have a, you know, high female following because that's not really common across our other social media platforms as much as we would like it to be because financial content just doesn't find itself in front of women all the time. But that's something that I was very happy about. So I, I kept it branded as me. That That's something that needs to change. If it hasn't by 2023, it needs to shortly, right? Definitely. I mean, 45% of women are making uh, the same amount or more as their male counterparts in the home now. That was a new survey that came out. I want to say it was by Pew Research, if I remember correctly, but don't exactly quote me on hey, that. Uh, <laughs> couldn't couldn't hear better news than that. Mia Sampson of Gerber Kawasaki Wealth and Investment Management. Thank you for spending some time with us on Business Ninjas today. I wish you and yours and Gerber Kawasaki all the success and health in the future. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast again, Andrew. I'm so happy to be here and it was, you know, so lovely being able to talk to you and Tell our story. Excellent. Be well. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.